0: Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today, 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 today. But beforehand, if you hear me a little bit weak, I am, I think I have COVID. Uh, my, I, my fever jumped up to 104 last night. And uh, I, I think it may be, I think that may have been the peak because now with the medicines to cover it, you know, like... Uh, Night night day quill and nyquil that seems to be doing some magic with the temperature. But I think I got it. The body feels like I got it. it Feel the same way that it did before. And that lasted a whole couple of days. Well, actually it was one bad, bad day the last time, and then the other days progressively got better. We'll see what happens here. So if you see me a little bit out, you know why. Anyway, 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 anyway. Uh let's see. Welcome aboard, Eric Hayes. Welcome aboard, Paul Fleming. Welcome aboard, Melanie Keelan. Welcome aboard, Michael Rudden. Welcome aboard, Paul Fleming. Welcome aboard, Bridge MCP. We missed you yesterday, Breach. We were here, but our star wasn't. Breach was not here. We know it was New Year's. You know, I just did it because I said, you know what? Uh, Bring in the year. Let's bring in the year, starting it right, right? Anyhow. Uh how's everybody doing? Happy New Year. I trust that we are ready to get started with the New Year. Like I said, we are going to be heavy on uh we're going to be heavy on economics. We're going to be heavy on healthcare. We're going to be heavy on voter rights. We're going to be heavy on those subjects throughout this year because you know, uh what can I say? We have to We have to, we have to get our people informed. I still have, I am still of the contention that most or a large plurality of people that are currently voting against their own interest can actually be, uh, can actually come around. Uh, I, I don't expect some to come around. You know, there's a certain fix in some people's psyche that doesn't allow facts to make a difference when it comes to their own ideology. But I think a large plurality of people will get the picture. Sorry about that. Gotta get the throat going. Anyhow, folks, um, I want to start off today with a an interesting piece, right? Uh, we were we had a piece talking about Nikki Haley, and you know Nikki Haley didn't want to say that uh, one of the root causes of the Civil War was um, slavery. And earlier today, we had a good point of view from uh, one of my engineers, um, Howard Reynolds, that um, you know I understood exactly what he was saying. What he was saying was correct. But it's a bit different than that. But anyway, let me go ahead and play this piece and then we'll take it on the other side. Every so often we get a chuckle, even on serious issues on these Sunday morning programs. Today, CNN Dana Bash on uh, State of the Union. They're doing the interview as far as uh, they have the panel where they're discussing Nikki Its inability to tell America. What the Civil War was really about. We all know it was about slavery, of course, but she didn't, uh, she made a fool of herself in several venues. Well, they're discussing it, and a pundit, a black Democratic pundit, Karen Finney, is going to decide to tell her piece. And it's always good to use a personal story to show how inept a politician is or to show how wrong they are. I want you to listen to this piece from Karen Finney because she had everybody in shock. And I don't think I've ever heard Dana bash this shocked. Listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side.
1: I should have said slavery. <laughs> uh, yeah, Well, here's the problem. It wasn't a good answer the first time around. I think it shows a vulnerability when we talk about her as being overly um, prepped. for. Like Now she's getting it right because she's got the piece of paper that says what to say. That was the first indication to me, at least, that in a general election, she would have a lot of trouble because you get a lot of questions that you can't always predict. But the other thing that struck me is clearly this is the tension in the Republican primary around this issue and how to talk about slavery is very different than on the democratic side. Right. And, the fact that she got attacked, but then they defended Donald Trump, they kind of defended uh, Desantis. He didn't really get a lot of heat from within on that, and it just shows, you know, as someone who is a, a descendant of Robert E. Lee and grew up hearing about the War of Northern Aggression and the, you know, the lie of the Confederacy, her answer, the other problem with it is it sounded exactly like what I heard from my grandmother who was trying to but convince who was me. Who is a descendant of Robert E. Lee? Me. What? He is my great, 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 great grandfather on my mom's you side. you know that? Wow. What? Yeah. that's How incredible. That. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things that's so frustrating to me as someone who is, has been a fan of Nikki Haley for quite some time is that she actually has a great answer to that question. I mean, in the last Republican debate, she picked Lincoln.
0: Dana Bass said, uh, what? First <laughs> says, who is uh who's who's a descendant of? Confederate Robert E. Lee, I am, Karen Finney says, a black Democrat. And Dana Bash was, what? Complete shock. And uh, it was kind of cute because in that one phrase, there was this encapsulation of what? Slavery, abuse, rape, and all that kind of stuff was in just Karen Finney making that statement that shocked the entire panel. But you know what? It's a learning experience that all Americans would have heard in that one 20-second segment or so. What gives? Amazing, isn't it? That one statement does say a lot. If Karen Finney is a descendant of Robert E. Lee, that means that Confederate slave owner used to abuse his women. There's women slaves. And, you know, we like to think of these guys as respectable. These guys are respectable men. They do the right thing. And, you know, the honor of the Southern honor and all that kind of BS. Turns out, not quite. Not quite. Not quite. Not quite. Uh, Anyhow, let's see. Uh, Paul Fleming says Trump pretends that he's being persecuted, claiming that anyone who crosses him is vermin, praises insurrectionists as patriots and promising. To pardon them, a GOP that refuses to condemn any of this, this is a deadly recipe for violence. Yes, it is. And he knows what he's doing. Uh, let's see what else. I can't, uh, you know, I'm not going to go into, uh, I, I I don't have any faith in our uh, health care system. Linda went in for a biopsy, folks, and the bill came. A kidney biopsy, three injections in her back to get samples, you know, if she has lupus today, do a check on that. And guess what the bill was, folks? It was the cost of an electric car, $27,000. Just think about that. And whenever you start thinking about welfare, think about who's really on welfare, the corporations or those people who get pennies every now here and there lee grant is in the house welcome lee grant Uh, we also have carl cox says that this year if all goes well he will be graduating and i have faith that all is going to go well and brother cox will be graduating brother cox we have faith in you brother we've got faith in you you will do it all right paul fleming says former texas representative Bernice johnson a trailblazing black Democrat is who served in Congress for 30 years. She died on Sunday. I heard that. Yes, she did. I knew her. Uh, in fact, I have a picture that I did with her while we were doing some things on abortion rights in Houston a few years ago. Yvette avery Herod is in the house. How are you doing, Yvette? Great to see you. Huskies need to win national championship. Well, I don't care who wins anymore because, you know what? Texas lost. That touchdown at the end could have been... I mean, that one pass at the end could have worked miracles. But, hey, they didn't call the interference, so we lost. What can I say? Lee Grant says Nikki didn't grovel enough for leftists. She took the Confederate battle flag off the South Carolina state for Christ's sakes. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. And I give her kudos and credit for that. But I think also I understand why people... Give her that trick question because they know that a lot of a lot of Southerners <coughs> don't like the idea of equating civil war with slavery. Uh, they don't. I have some stories about the South versus the North. I Look, the, the South is no more racist than the North. OK, let's just get that. But we'll we'll talk about that some other time. So, I mean, anyway, we'll talk about it some other time. Eric Hayes says, in a judge orders a win form to be removed. You put that one in yesterday. Or right, What's your point, sir? Michael Rudden says, Lee Grant wants to argue that secession over slavery wasn't the primary driver of the Civil War. Well, uh, it was one of the primary reasons. In fact, absent the slavery issue, there likely would be have been no Civil War. Uh let's see. Uh British says Nikki took down the Confederate flag and a statue. She knows what the Civil War was about. She sure does. Uh British MCP says, wait, you had to pay that Egberto Willis. I'm not gonna pay that. No. That's what they build the insurance company. And then the insurance company says that my or the the hospital says, Well, the insurance company paid the twenty-four thousand. Now you guys owe me three thousand six hundred dollars. To which I'm going to call them. And I will tell them, are you nuts? I am not paying a penny of this $3,000. You don't eat that. I'm going to the press. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying there. $27,000 for a biopsy. It's crazy. Carl Cox, Egberto. Look, before, I'm going to give them an opportunity to to make good. And then I'm going to be printing all this crap out to show the theft that goes on in our healthcare system. Amazing. Eric K says, Vivek put Nikki in a new place. Really? All right. Michael says, the primary cause of the Civil War isn't a trick question. It's a challenge to a regional myth. Okay. I'll take that. You know, I've been taking a lot of stuff on both sides, you know, because like I said, the Civil War was a long time ago. Anyway. uh, Good afternoon, Maywood. Great to see you here. All right. Earlier on, I had a piece that I did on, uh, and folks, I feel terrible. So bear with me. I had a piece that I did at KPFT this morning that I want to play. It's about Biden and some of the progressive policies, etc. cetera. So let's go ahead and play that. I need to give my voice a little rest here, and then we'll take it on the other side. Because, um, when I, when I listen to what the, um, operative had to say about uh, Biden winning more so, that would be the case if the American population are allowed to be informed as to what Biden did. And of course, one of the issues right now is that they are pretty darn uninformed as far as what uh, Biden has accomplished. Now, I want to I want to split things up here. Biden is not a progressive. Okay, guys like myself, we are progressives. We believe in a lot better policies for economic and social change in this country. Biden is not there, but Biden did take the advice of many of the progressive wing of his party, of the Democratic Party, and he did something that was a hell of an experiment that proved to be successful. And I want people to understand really what Biden did, okay? First of all, there are structural issues in our economy. Our economy is an economy that transfers wealth from the average American citizen to a minute few at the top. That's the design of our economic system. You go to the doctor and they perform Procedures on you, the procedures are nowhere commensurate with the value that you received, and that money doesn't go to the doctor. That money doesn't go anywhere else but to the few who are the shareholders and the executive. Now, some doctors may be shareholders, etc. So they may benefit. But the design of our economic system, the capitalist design and its implementation of our economic system, and this over. Over these next few months, we're going to hammer this with examples to prove the point. This system wasn't designed for the middle class. This system wasn't designed for the poor. This system was designed to enrich the few on the backs of the many. And if in the process of doing that, we get a, a, a somewhat of a middle class, so be it but it's not designed to do that. The mere fact that the people that make the most in this country are the ones who do the least amount of work should be probative. So let's get that out of the way. And Biden didn't change that. Biden couldn't change that. That's a structural defect in our economy. But here's the thing. What Biden did is uh, Keynesian economics says the following. Uh, Keynesian economics is what, for the longest period of time, we were running on that said the following: Whenever we hit recessionary periods, when was, in other words, when people are not spending, when people are when, when the economy starts to shrink, there is only one entity that's capable of propping that economy up, and that is the entity who can print money. Who so is that? Our government, right? So, in effect, if our government goes ahead and gives tax breaks and and gives stipends, etc when the economy is down, it actually throws economic activity to prime the economy. That's like having a pump in your pool. You have to put some water in in the olden days, you had to put some water in it to prime it to get started. And then as it gets started, you you don't need the primer anymore. That's what Keynesian economics is all about. But the Laffer curve and all these guys, these guys who believe in supply side economics, they don't want that. They simply believe that the people at top decide what we need to have, et cetera. That's how it works. All right. So we get that out of the way. So there are structural defects in our economic system that Biden never attempted to solve. No president, Obama did not attempt to solve. All they did was throw a lot more into the economy. And if the rich people are floated, are, are, are floated even higher, well, guess what? The poor people and the middle class, they, they, they get a little bit of elevation as well. And that's what Biden did. Biden threw trillions of dollars into the economy. I want you guys to remember this. The idea was from the right that if you populate the economy with trillions of dollars, you are going to get runaway inflation. If you populate the economy with a whole ton of stuff, money like Biden did, give money to people who are taking care of kids, give money to companies that are taking care of your kids, give money to businesses so that they keep people employed. I mean, it was like a free fall in money that was given away under the Biden administration. It started under Trump, but Trump mostly helped out. You know who. All right. So uh, Biden did it several times. Right. And that prevented several things. One, that prevented the economy from locking up. Number two, that made people's, uh, took a lot of people out of poverty. As soon as that was gone, people dropped right back into poverty, but it took a lot of people out of poverty. And what it proved is that poverty is the economic choice of any particular political system. The mere fact that Biden could Inflate the economy such that the poverty rate starving children was reduced. proved that government can make a difference. But let's go a little bit further. Let's go a bit further. Uh, the thought was putting all this amount of money into an economy would actually create inflation. Furthest thing from the truth. First of all, all those trillions of dollars weren't in one year. They were spread over several years. But more importantly, there is an economist called Stephanie Kelton, who believed in a theory called, it's not a theory, it's actually a fact, modern monetary theory. And what it says, in effect, or one of the tenets, is that our economic system has a slack in it, which means we could print A few, quite a few billions. I think at the time that Stephanie did her paper was eight hundred billion dollars. We could just print and throw it into the economy, and it wouldn't have created inflation because there are enough people manufacturing goods and services that that extra amount of money into the economy would not cause any substantial rise in prices. And Biden proved Stephanie Kelton's theory. You're not going to hear Wall Street talking about this. Wall Street will say nothing about this. And you know why? Because if they get into the people's psyche that government can make a difference, if people start to believe that government can make a difference, the theories on the right that government is the problem goes away. But we prove government is and should be. The solution of many things, not to knock the private sector, but government should be a part of the solution. Anyway, folks, give me a call 713 526 5738. Again, that number is 713. By the way, we're live today. 713 526 5738. 713 526 5738. If you want to discuss this, if you want to talk about this, I think the phones are working. So 713 526 5738. Would love to hear from you. Would love to hear. Your New Year's message would love to hear what you have to say. Una vez más lo voy a repetir. I'll I'll repeat it one more time. 713-526-5738. Hit extension 2 and you will be placed on air right away or, you know. So, again, that is 713-526-5738. Where are my people calling in? Where are the women calling in? Where are the men calling in? 713-526. Five, seven, three, and I. I don't want to move on to the other subject until I kind of digest this one. If people want to comment on this particular subject, I'd like to hear your voice. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this because it's very important, especially going into this election. We have to make sure and be educated because you're going to hear a lot of crap. You will be hearing a lot of crap out of not only politicians, but out of uh, think tanks. That are trying to mislead you into voting against your own interests to maintain the status quo where we take all of your work, all of your worth into the folks that are undeserving. And when I say folks that are undeserving, that is exactly what I mean. We spend a- that is exactly what we mean, folks that are undeserving. Anyway, 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 Michael Ruddin says, Eric. When Trump goes to prison over any number of the 901 charges and counting, he faces across four jurisdictions. If uh, Vivat gets the Republican nomination, your red team is going to lose in a landslide. For as I can tell, only Chris Christie has a chance of challenging Biden in the 2024 election. But Christie is running not to win, but to put Trump in his place. I think he would want to win, though. Uh, let's see. Uh, Paul Fleming says a worker making $50,000 a year contributes 100% of their income to Social Security. A CEO making $20 million a year contributes to Social Security with less than 1% of their income because they only contribute on their first $110,000. That means over $19 million of that of that income goes untaxed for Social Security. If you want to understand why Social Security is bankrupting, uh, just look at that. Rich people are scamming as usual. They don't pay their fair share. People may say, well, they're not going to get a lot out of Social Security. Who? Look, uh, making sure that those who are in Social Security are taken care of actually mitigates the money that you made on their backs. So I don't want to hear that. All right. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, para ver, para ver, para ver. Scrolling down. Poverty is a policy choice from Dystopian Dragon. Welcome, Dystopian Dragon. Welcome, E2247. Great to have you here. Uh, Michael has a long one. Let me... Oh, Lord. Michael, why do you do this to me? I'm sick, you know. But I'm going to read it anyway. I really hope Mike Cisak reads this. In March of 1861, after secession from... uh, But before the Civil War broke out... Alexander H. Stephens, the Confederate vice president and one of the most perceptive and brightest men in the Confederate government, forcefully set out the reasons for secession and the creation of the Confederacy in his famous cornerstone speech. Here, Stephens tied slavery to race, making clear that the cornerstone of the Confederacy was not merely chattel slavery but also the assumption of the racial and ethnic superiority of the ruling class and its foundations are laid, its cornerstone rests upon the great truth that the Negro is not equal to the white man. Uh, Northern claims, which is he incorrectly, all right, that slavery, subordination of the superior race is the natural and normal, uh, normal condition. Stephens denounced the Northern claims, which he incorrectly attributed to Thomas Jefferson, that the enslavement of African was in violation of the laws of nature, that it was wrong in principle, socially, morally, and politically. He unabashedly asserted, our new government is founded upon exactly the opposite idea. Stephens argued that it was insanity to have. Uh, it, it was insanity to believe that the Negro is equal, or that slavery was wrong. He proudly predicted that the Confederate Constitution has put at at rest, forever, all the agitation questions related to our peculiar institution, African slavery, as it exists, uh, as it exists amongst us. The proper status of the Negro is our form of civilization. Thus, for the Confederate Vice President. The cornerstone of the new country was slavery and white supremacy, and the view that African slavery as it exists amongst us is the proper status of the Negro in our form of civilization. If anyone had any doubt that secession was what secession was all about, or what the Confederacy was formed to protect, we need but consult Vice President Stephens. Thank you for that, Michael. But you know what gets me? The fact that there are people who believe that just from the pigmentation of one's skin it makes you somehow superior. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> all you have to do is go outside and see people and that that uh, that uh, re- that fallacy is exposed rather quickly. Paul Fleming says, how we beat back the corporate takeover of America? One, break up corporate monopolies. Two, continue building union power. Three, end citizens united and get big money out of politics. Let's keep working to you unrig the system. And part of that is in my book, uh, How to Make America Utopia, Take Away the uh, Economy from Those Who Rigged It. So we are in the same thing, uh, my dear brother, Paul Fleming. All right, let's see. Uh Michael says, Egberto, what I I read is that our economy has 500 billion in slack that could be used for infrastructure investment and social welfare spending without detriment to the economy. Bloomberg, Bernie Sanders' advisor Stephanie Kelton says U.S. should add 500 billion. Def-. Okay, I'll buy that. I, I thought it was 800 billion, but 500 billion is okay. And by the way, that is 500 billion per year. Okay, 500 billion per year. All right, let's see what else we got here. Um. What else should I read? What else should I read? Paul Freeman says, angry, undereducated, fearful people are the easiest group to manipulate. And that's why I told my audience this morning on the program, if I could get me a van, I would go ahead and drive up into Appalachia, right? And really just start talking, right? And people say, are you crazy? No, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy at all. Believe it or not, I think some good would come to that, out of that. All right, Egberto, Viva, Vi vi, Vape, derogatory shorthand for Vivek, smoking a vape, was popularized by Chris Christie. Whoa, didn't hear that. Robert Davenport is in the house. How you doing, Robert? Uh, British MCP says, Michael, sick or COVID? I think I have COVID, but I'm not going to do any checks. What's the point? I just do what I did for my last COVID. All right, let's see. Uh Brandon, economics is a train wreck. Egghead is lost. Uh you know, Lynn, you should give me a call and let's go over point for point economics. If you if you are so sure, Lynn Halsey Taylor. If you're so sure that Biden economics is a train wreck, why don't you call into the show? Let's have a discussion about it. Let's have a discussion about economics and let's see if it's really a train wreck. Why don't you? I bet you won't. You know why you won't? Because most folks on the right in that form, that's all you know how to do. Regurgitate information without any evidence, without any facts. But if you think you have the fact, give me a call. I'm right here waiting on you. I'm right here waiting on you. Michael Sadegberto, Sorry that long out. I was hoping that someone would copy paste that, comment to Mike Cisak. I think Mike Cisak could see it. All right, Nicole De- Delario, what a clown, LOL. Yeah, let's bash the only candidate that actually cares about you. Uh, which one is that, um, Nicosia? Which is the only candidate that cares about us? I want to know who you think that is. William Mayburn says, what has Genocide Joe done to close the black-white wealth gap? What has genocide Joe done to eliminate black poverty? South Africa has moved against genocide, Joe's Palestinian Holocaust. Look, I mean, I can't argue with that about the genocide that Joe is, uh, is actually complicit in. I can't argue about that. But locally, I can argue about policy. And no president has really fixed the black-white divide. None. And the reason why is because what we have is a structural uh, defect in our economic system. Those people who were ahead in the aggregate stays ahead. It's that simple. It's a math. It's math. It's math. It's math. math. I know a lot of you don't like math, but it's math. All right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Paul Fleming says, facts to remember. Oh, wait, wait. E2247 says, uh, Heather Cox Richardson details, Fight for Social Security and the opposition in its New Deal fights. Tells what and how dollars folks did to wreck it all. And beat goes on. Yeah, sorry. All right, let's see what else we got here. Paul from says, facts, remember, two-thirds. The United States pulled off an economic miracle. Inflation is almost back down to pre-pandemic levels. Wages are above pre-pandemic levels. Accounting for inflation and more than a third of the rise in economic inequality between 1979 and 2019 has been reversed. Average wealth has climbed by more than $50,000 per household since 2020 and double four for Americans age 18 through 34. Thank you for that. So there you have somebody presenting facts. Anybody else want to, on the right wants to try to refute it? Sorry about that, guys, but my throat is giving me trouble. All right, let's go ahead and play another video and watch what Mitt Romney, a Republican, thinks about a Donald Trump second term. Mitt Romney was recently asked what a second uh, um, Trump administration would look like. And you know Mitt Romney, you think he would be mellow about it. Well, he didn't. He really gave Donald Trump his due. By due, we mean he showed exactly the kind of massacre that having a second Trump administration would be like. Check it out, then we'll take it on the other side.
1: Given everything that we have heard from former President Trump, what do you think a second Trump term would look like?
2: Well, I think if you can look at the last few months of his presidency, you'd suggest that that's the kind of thing you might see. uh, That he would not have the generals around him as he did last time, people of judgment and experience offering advice and in some cases restraining his impulses. Instead, he would have people around him encouraging his impulses and perhaps adding to them. Uh, And I'm afraid you'd, you'd find the nation more divided. Look, our nation doesn't need to be divided right now. A, a campaign based on anger and hate uh, may win at the ballot box temporarily, but it tears the country apart. The other day, the president, former president said that, that we are at greater threat for what, what is within. I, I think that was in some respects a self-own because what's within, if he were to become elected president again, it is a campaign of retribution and anger and hate. That's not what America is based on. America was based on the idea of in God we trust and united we stand. Divided we fall. Divided nation is not the nation America is intended to be.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely so. Donald Trump is a clear and present danger to America. Now, uh, Mitt Romney seemed to believe oh, he'll come, he'll serve his time and then leave. Yes, he'll separate the country and all of that. but. Just maybe our democracy would still survive. I have one message. Uh, if Trump gets into office, some of the irreparable damage that he would have done, not necessarily in that he would be able to cave democracy in its entirety, but the amount of damage he would have done to the institutions of this United States of America, the amount of in- inadequate, the amount of incompetent, in- incompetent people that he would have added to government, that really would have screwed the levers of government would be take would take years to dismantle. As you know, it's always easy to dismantle something; it is very hard to put it back together. To put it back together in a manner that makes that makes things not necessarily the way they were, but better than they were. Look, Trump presents a clear and present danger, and one hopes that Americans would vote accordingly. And you know, I, I still have hope with all the work that all of us are going to do that Americans will, in fact, absent the Lynn Halsey's and the Eric Hayes and the um, Mike Seasack, that sometimes I think are immutable, the most Americans are going to do the right thing. All right, so let's see. Paul Fleming says more good labor news. Workers across the country are kicking off the year with bigger paychecks thanks to minimum wage increases that took effect in 22 states and 43 cities and counties. Six of those states, California, Connecticut, Maryland New Jersey, New York, and Washington now have a minimum wage that reaches or surpasses fifteen dollars per hour, and get this the increase should disproportionately benefit black, Hispanic, and female workers who make up more than half of those receiving the pay bump, and that should tell you something that uh, uh should tell you something why are those the ones who always make minimum wage hmm. I don't know I truly I do know. All right, let's see what else we got here. Um, Paul says hospitals, insurers are racing to find new AI tools to give them the edge in billing and processing their part of the four trillion in medical expenses Americans accrue each year. Billions of dollars are at stake, including for the government, which handles millions of Medicare and Medicaid claims every year. And I tell you what, that is a shameful. That they're going to use AI not to benefit the ca- the the the, uh, the patient, they're going to use AI to benefit. The corporations, of course. Oh, that's right. Find a way to extract more money from people. Okay, what else have we got here? But he says, even electric was electric was invented using a candle. We will get here, Eric. That's funny. Paul Femin of says, immigrants, one day a former farm worker said he was fired and thrown out of the house where he lived after he told his boss his hands were frostbitten from working outside in sub-zero weather. Another said his supervisor took nearly an hour call, uh, an hour to call an ambulance after he was crushed by a gate and left lying on manure covered barn floor. A third said her boss blamed her and refused to pay medical bills after she was trampled by a bull. Once you are no good to them, they get rid of you. Again, that is the, that is the extreme, right? But every employee today, that is their fate. It's not that extreme. But that is the difference between employee and slave. A slave a slave has to be taken care of, right? It's property. an employee when you're no use to them anymore ta ta bye bye. these are things that Americans have got to learn really. We've got to learn these things. we've got to learn these things. All right, keep on putting uh things in there. I don't have any more videos and um Let's say, Igberto, minimum wage means nothing if not getting enough work hours. Um, I don't know what the point is. I mean, if, you, if you're if you not getting enough work hours at one place, you go somewhere else or you take two jobs. But the thing about it is both of these jobs are not going to be paying more. And that's what's been happening. A lot of people have three, four jobs. And what they do is now, th- now they automatically got a raise, even if. They're working 40 hours a week at McDonald's, and now they cut it to 30. They get another job working another 20 hours at another place. And guess what happens? Ah, they make more money. Again, uh, the, the arguments that people make for not having a minimum wage, I, I it, it just astounds me. It astounds me. But, hey, uh, I guess some people simply don't have a heart. All right, let's go to the last subject of uh, what we are supposed to talk about today. And I'm going to put that up on the screen in a minute. Bear with me one second. I am going to go to that article right this minute because this article should piss off everybody. All right, I'm going to put it on the screen. I don't see it blinking today. So let's go ahead and put it on the screen. Fossil fuel giants to lavish shareholders. With record paydays as climate crisis deepens, the global energy crisis has been a giant crash crab for fossil fuel firms, said one campaigner, and instead of investing their record profits in clean energy, these companies are doubling down on oil, gas, and shareholder payouts. The year 2023 was marked by weather events that made it increasingly clear that Earth has entered what United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres called the era of global boiling, with wildfires and prolonged heat waves impacting millions of people and scientists confirming their suffering was the direct result of fossil fuel extraction and planetary heating. But the world's five largest oil giants, the year marked Record profits on the approval of several major new fossil fuel projects, allowing the companies to lavish their shareholders with payouts that are expected to exceed $100 billion, signaling that executives have little anxiety that demand for their products will fall. I want to stop there. I want you all to remember when you saw gas prices at $5 a gallon, $6 a gallon in California, $7, $8 a gallon and everybody wanted to blame biden 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 as if that biden had control over that the little control he had was to put more oil on the market from the uh, reserve but here's a kicker people there was never an oil shortage this was and this is what i think uh, the american government should charge the oil companies with RICO racketeering oil companies should be charged with racketeering they chose to purposefully limit Oil supplies to raise the prices, and you paid that to enrich that few. But not only did you pay that, folks, it's deeper. All the people that depend, all the products that were dependent on energy, on oil, those things went all the way up in pricing, right? So the inflation that you saw in 2023, the inflation that you saw in 2022 wasn't real it was manufactured by corporations stop blaming government instead empower government to apply RICO onto these guys racketeering charges playing with the markets that is what we need to do but continuing we can go ahead and say the companies bp shell chevron exxon mobil and total energies Spent $104 billion on shareholder payouts in 2022 and are expected to reward investors even more in buybacks and dividends for 2023. Shell announced plans in November to pay investors at least $23 billion more than six times the amount it planned to spend on renewable energy projects. Hear that? They're going to give away in profits $23 billion. More than, again, more than six times the amount that they uh, are investing in renewables. Does that tell you something? They don't give a damn. Uh, They don't give a damn. Uh, Shell announced plans in November to pay investors at least $23 billion, while BP promised shareholders a 10% raise in dividends, and Chevron could exceed the $75 billion stock buyback it announced early last year. When I tell you that our economic system is not designed for you, it is designed to move money to the top. Uh, William Maben, let me teach you a little bit of economics here, brother. You said, and, I, and the reason I'm answering this, because people need to understand this. No, sir, you're wrong. Biden's war on Russia took a lot of oil off the market. That's a lie. Russia oil never came off of the market. Ever, I'll explain that after I answer this call. All right, who do I have the honor of speaking with right now? Hi, Mister Willies. It's Al Ortiz from the Office of Maryland Birch, the District Clerk. How are you? I am fine, but right now you're calling our live radio show. So, we are you calling about this, or are we Ooh. calling about this? <laughs> 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 no, Mr. Willis, I just wanted to t- uh, touch base on. Uh, we will we will talk offline about th- th- uh, about doing what we need to do, okay? Gotcha. I apologize. I wasn't aware that I was. Not at all. Online. Not at all, my friend. Have a good one. Thank you. All right. Happy New right. Year. Happy New Year. All right. Anyway, folks, uh, let, let's continue here. I want to address, because what William Mason Mabon says is important, because he's following the right-wing crap. Let's remember this. When uh, When we put sanctions on Russian oil, what it meant is that India and China bought Russian oil at a discount, which left more oil on the market for others to use because India and China was not buying the oil from the other sources that they would have had to buy the oil from. And therefore, the prices should have gone down. The Russian war should have dropped oil prices. And by the way, it subsequently did. Look at your prices for gas right now. So it is a lie that the right has told and for the gullible to believe that somehow Russia stopped selling its oil. Russia's oil was never off of the market. India told Biden, look, I am doing what's best for the interests of India. And if I need to buy Indian oil at a discount, that is exactly what I'm going to do. And that's what he did. Uh, Modi bought uh, Russian oil at a discount. And so did Xi Jinping buy Russian oil at a discount. So, uh, William, you are simply completely wrong. Okay, continuing. Uh, Robert Davenport says, as a business owner, when I raise the price for services, we supply the government in Washington, D.C. has nothing to do with it. Understand what you're talking about instead of just repeating stuff. Thank you, Robert. You are such a smart person. All right. The Squad, AOC and the Hope of Political Revolution. Yeah, Ryan Grimm. I interviewed Ryan Grimm about his book a couple of weeks ago. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, come in, scrolling down, scrolling down, scrolling down. Uh, Carl Cox says Biden is not responsible for big oil not drilling on their sites. It's, it's amazing, right? Uh, let's say, remember the pipeline Russia had that was blown up? The pipeline supplied Europe oil. Again, you're wrong. That pipeline supplied Europe with natural gas. But let's go a bit further. What that did is it opened American supply of gas to Europe. So it also benefited America when that Russian line was blown up. Because the one thing America has an excess of, it's natural gas. It doesn't. It doesn't take much to read, you know, uh, William. It doesn't take a lot to read. It's not at all hard to read. Okay, so let let's go ahead. And William, if you're hard left, then you need to start listening to what I am saying, and not what uh, what whoever told you about that oil stuff told you. All right, because you're simply wrong, my brother. All right, uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Paravan, Any questions? Regional war looms in the U.S., U.K. Weaponry in Israel control. Just the thumb, Gottheimer. I, Gottheimer gets on my nerves. I hear you. All right, let me continue with the article, and then we'll we'll uh, we'll get close to the end of the show. Shell announced plans to. I read that already. Alice Harrison, a campaigner for Global Witness, noted that fossil fuel shareholders will. Be enjoying their payday as households across Europe struggle with fuel poverty and the world faces a rising threat of climate disaster. I want you to understand that. As those fat cats are going home with record profits, they're doing it on the backs of everybody else. And remember what I said in my show this morning on KPFT, and this is very important. Our economic system was designed to take money away from the masses. And concentrated into the hands of the few. And let's give one example with the stock market. Uh, people's income, you know, if you have a Passbook saving or whatever, you may grow at 1%, 2%. The economy in the aggregate may grow between 2 and 3% on average. But the economy for those stock investors and investors in, in other products, etc., their their personal economy, their uh investments. Grow at 7, 12, 20%. It's all one big pie. And if somebody is taking out more of that pie, guess who's paying for it? You are. You are. Uh, let's see. Uh, sir, most of the oil and gas Europe is using is coming from Canada. Yes, and the United States. Again, you can look this stuff up, William. Look it up. We just started selling natural gas to Europe after that thing blew up. Okay, all right. Let's continue. Um, uh, What else is going here? Sorry about that. I I feel terrible. In 2023, campaigners intensified their demands and accountability for oil and gas and coal industries, and as of last month, had successfully pressured. More than 1,600 universities, pension funds, and other institutions to divest from fossil fuel. And that is where it has to go. All right. I am done reading this Uh, for now. Please look at the link inside of our blog. You can find everything there to read about it. I'm pretty sure you'd like the entire article. Uh, My voice is about to go with, again, having COVID, I'm pretty sure is what I got. So I'm going to have to kind of close this baby down a bit early. I want to ask you, though, before I close down, to please support the program. As you can see, rain or shine, we are here. We want to make sure that people are informed. We want to make sure that Americans are informed, that they don't fall for the uh, crap that too many are falling for. And the only way to do that, It's for us to constantly inform and inform and inform. And that's our goal. And this year specifically is what we're going to do. William, you can always put a link in our thing. If you have some paper you're quoting, if you notice uh, Rudnan and all these people who give fact-based information, they put links in our our chat so that all of us are educated together. So if you have a specific link, throw it in there. I have links that I'll put in there for you. All right. uh, So, folks, please go ahead. And support the program however best you can. Uh, how can you support this program? You can support this program by going to politicsandright.com support. Politicsandright.com support. And I'm going to put that link in the chat right now. Uh, politicsandright.com support gives you all the different ways in which you can support our program. Alternatively, you can become a paid subscriber of our newsletter. Our newsletter is free, but paid subscribers get to read all our books. Our current five books uh, is yours to read. Uh, You don't have to buy it because now you're a subscriber to our newsletter and it's less than a coffee a month. So please consider becoming a subscriber by joining our newsletter. Uh, We are only at around, uh, we got a little bump. So we're at about 60, I believe, right now. Uh, we need to get to 700 so that we can start hiring support staff. When we get to 700, we can hire support staff. Uh, please go ahead and do what you can to support us. Uh, again, that is, that is politicsonright.com slash newsletter. Subscribe and become a paid subscriber. You can read all our books for free, among other things. Robert Davenport says, lead by example, brother. Get tested. Get treatment. Live to fight on. Oh no! Let me tell you, um, I am I'm fol- uh, Davenport. I am following the COVID protocol. Just to let you know, I'm following the COVID protocol right now. So I am not doing anything that the doctors don't tell me to do right now. So I am following the protocol, brother. Uh, just to be just to let you know that I'm not just ad hoc saying, "Oh, I'm not going to do anything." I am following the protocol. But thank you so kindly for your support and your interest in my well-being. I love my PDR fussy, guys. Anyway, got to get out of here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? I'll-